This time on the Rule Right Radio podcast with New York Mike. All you and fight amongst yourselves, children, and let's get it right. And, and, and let's understand, you have the right to do that in America. Celebrate that. That's what the 4th of July is about. It's about celebrating your freedom to fight for what you want, your right to redress the government, the freedom of speech. You could say and do what you want. You can protest. You can organize. You could do these things. You cannot do every place in this world. And, you, and celebrate it. But don't, don't break the law. Don't burn things down. Don't disrupt and, and, and denigrate a system that's been working for 246 years. Trousers and motorcycle boots And a black leather jacket with his name on the back He does a patriotic podcast called Roll Ride Radio His name is New York Mike And welcome to the show This is Roll Right Radio on New York Mike So we're trying different stuff This is Roll Right Radio By the way, right after July 4th weekend I'm still reeling from July 4th July 4th, one of the greatest days in the history of mankind, the history of the world. July 4th, 1776, the Declaration of Independence of these United States of America. What a huge event in the course of civilization. So this is, this is a great day. It's not just a great day in America or for America. It's a great day for humanity. This is something in the annals of history, from the beginning of time, whatever, from the caveman to all the way to 1776, there was never a nation founded with the Declaration of Independence and a constitution, a statement that our rights are given to us by our creator. I mean, what a statement by, I don't know how many people in we were a colony of Great Britain. Britain, the sun never sets on the British Isles. They're all over the world. The, the most ferocious army, the largest navy on the planet. And we're a colony. By the way, they made a lot of money from us. They did fur trading. They, had, they sold us stuff. They got stuff from here and sold it around the world. Everything that was going on at the time, a, any political pundit at that time would look at it and go, you're never, you are never, ever going to get the Great Britain English. You're never going to get them to loosen their grip on, on these colonies. It's, it, was, it was an amazingly successful venture for them, and they totally controlled these subjects, colonies. They still call us the colonies, by the way. <laughs> but that, that was just the way it was. And then these... The, 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 the men and women who settled the United States, such a divergent group of people from all over the planet. They, they, they sent the, uh, the, the, the prisoners from Australia. <laughs> I mean, what a, what a conglomeration, but tough people, hardy people, pioneers, people willing to, to get out there in the wilderness and stake their claim to whatever willing to risk everything, every day. This wasn't an easy existence. They were challenged by the elements, the environment, the, the Native Americans, the, what they called the savages that were here before them. Yeah, they tried to make peace. They tried to be friends. You had Thanksgiving. They had a lot of things. But this was open land. There was no nation here. There were a bunch of tribes, and the tribes came in, and they staked out their territories. And then we came in and staked out our territories. And that's the way it was. And they didn't want any new tribes coming in. They weren't afraid. They didn't care if it was white. <laughs> they weren't like that. <laughs> they, didn't care. they just didn't want anybody else coveting their, their hunting grounds, their planting grounds. Their, where, that was theirs. They felt it was theirs. What claim they had to be, those are the wars. That's how territory was gained by humankind forever. Every nation there ever was. And so we came here and said, this is ours. Some of it we bought, some we purchased, and who provoked who and whatever. 
It's history. It's what happened. Read the book. James Fenimore Cooper, Last of the, Last of the Mohicans, and all the great books about those, those periods of time and what went on. Some of it was right by, by us. Some of it was wrong by us. Same thing. Some of it was right by the Native Americans. Some of it was wrong. And, and, and we came out ahead. That's just the way it is. You, you want to turn the clock back? Say, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is unfair. Let's, uh, let's throw a yellow flag. Now, you don't do that. That's how history is. Rome conquered nations and the Germans came along, the Vikings. I mean, that, that's how, how this earth was settled by, by mankind. And, and it's just the way it is. And then we settled America. And then we made a Declaration of Independence a constitution, and some of it, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with inalienable rights. Well, was that all men? There were some things that were not, I don't want to say not kosher, they were just, they were, you want to say unfair? What's unfair when you conquer, when you conquer something? What's, what's unfair? And some of it was like despicable behavior on our part. Yep. And some of it was despicable behavior despicable behavior on their part. So this is the way the United States came about. And it was never said to be all good. I mean, I studied history. I learned history. We saw some of the things, atrocities on both sides. It's the way it always has been. And we strive from the first day to become a, a more perfect union, to get better. And, and even as we get better, there's, there's still going to be some pretty bad stuff going on. That's the way it is. That's the way human beings are. That's, that's what human beings are. I'm not making excuses. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that we have this nation. And, and it's, you want to call it one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all? As, as much justice as you, as you can get. Justice is blind. That sometimes that's good news. And sometimes it's not. If, if you've ever been a victim of what you want to call bad judgment, bad justice, and, and, and I think some of us, a lot of us, can say that. I know I can. And sometimes justice is appropriate. I've, I've, I've been on the other end, and I know what it's like to, to get treated fairly. If I liked it or not, it didn't matter. And I know what it's like to get treated unfairly. So it's... um. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy world out there. But do you think it's better any place else? Are you kidding me? I don't know one other country that has a system that works as well as the United States of America. And when we're celebrating July 4th, the 246th birthday of America, and you are an American citizen, you've benefited from this country. Now look, I get that there are people that are downtrodden everywhere in the world, and here, and people that can be pissed off and feel that they've gotten the, the short end of the stick, I get that. And, and the, the weird thing is, in my experience, when I was brought up in the poorest neighborhoods in New York, the, 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 the poorest government projects in New York City, that's pretty bad. And, and all, the, all the things I've talked about, my dad it comes back from World War II and all his buddies, my dad went in, he was 17. That's what everybody did. His buddies, I don't know how old they were when they went in, but they were, they were all young guys. They didn't have anything. But they had the opportunity that America afforded them, and it took a lot. It was hard work. It was working two jobs, three jobs, working, working all day, all night. I mean, just really whatever. And somehow, some way, they all made a good life for themselves. The, the level of success for one or the other of whatever, it's just all different. Some just had a good life. Some really lived well. And there were a few tragedies in there. But they came back from World War II. And you want to talk about corruption, unfairness? You want to talk about some of the conditions that, that they came back to and what they fought under? So many people made so much money off the war. I think when Eisenhower said beware the, the, the military industrial complex, he wasn't talking about what's going to happen tomorrow. He's talking about what happened for the last, what, how many years? There are always people making money on war. There's always people making money on chaos. 
there's always people making money. When, when, when everything goes to hell in a handbasket, during the Depression, you don't think there were millionaires? Or, or I don't know if there were billionaires like that, but certainly multi-multi-billionaires. And, 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 and was it all ethical and right? And they, you know, come on. Let's not be that naive. Let's just understand something. In those days, we called it the Wild West. I don't know what it is today, but there are people making fortunes. Does that mean they're all wrong? You think you think Elon Musk, because he he's made fortune when he was just about broke, and then boom, haircut, whatever, however he did it. I mean, Harley Davidson, the great story of Harley Davidson, out of business, bought by AMF when they were on the ball to their ass with nothing, and then from 68, 68, 69... The 81 book had 12, 13 years, and whoa, they're back. I mean, it's, a, it's not a, a miracle like a lightning bolt comes down and, oh, the great things happen. They work. They didn't win the lottery. They work. They built. They rich. They, 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 they put it on the line. And some of the people that worked their butts off and put it on the line got stepped on and walked over and ran over. And these things happen. But, and, and, and I understand when people get angry and frustrated. When, when they're the ones getting stepped on and kicked in the teeth, when they put it all on the line and did everything, worked hard, and, 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 and you know, they would, they, they did everything that they thought they were supposed to do. It just didn't work out. It happens a lot. I've seen it. And if, if they were upset on the 4th of July, I remember my dad taking me to Coney Island on the 4th of July. They used to have parades every, every Tuesday night. No, Tuesday night was Milton <laughs> Whatever night it was, that we'd go down to Coney Island. But the 4th of July, that was the big one. And it was great. And I don't even know how we got there. We didn't own a car. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. It, it, was, it, it was just crazy. But we were thrilled. We were thrilled. We, we just got through a war where we lost. Almost 500,000 men in four years killed in the war. My uncles. I mean, I, we went through it. it, it I mean, the, the, the nation was hurt. Everyone looks at the 50s. Oh, it's such a great time. Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't so great. You know, if you look back and you see everybody, everybody through the 50s is feeling gung-ho about America. They got the spirit of the core and the camaraderie of having served and everything. Yeah, sure. But what do we have? Did we have a highway system? Did things with things just, I mean, there were still people without houses in Brooklyn, where I live. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's a, my 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 grandmother still lived on the Lower East Side in the tenement that they lived in, in when they came here in the twenties. Little walk-up tenement, 450 Grand Street. I mean, you want to describe it? You, you think it was pretty when you went up there? You know, I, I mean, what, two bedrooms and five kids? <laughs> it was, I, I that's, they, they didn't have refrigeration. My dad was an iceman for a while. They carried ice up the steps with these big ice picks. Big, big ice picks, big, heavy things of ice. They, they'd bring them up the steps, and they, that, that's how they kept the, the food cold. Of course, in the wintertime, they put it out on the ledge. So, you know, the window's open. There's a ledge and the, and the fire escape. And you, you put, the, put the food out there in the wintertime. That was great. They didn't have to buy ice. And then and how did they heat the house? By coal. And, you know, people had to bring the coal, shovel the coal. It was hard. There wasn't washing machines and dishwashers. They didn't have any of this stuff. Even in New York. Yeah, New York. They didn't have it. It was, <laughs> it was tough times. But they got through it. I mean, people look at today and they go, oh, the 50s were so great. I don't know, man. I loved, don't get me wrong, I was a kid. You know, I grew up. It was, it was you know, Coney Island and Brighton Beach and, and all that. But it was crime. It was, you know, we talk about bullies today. I don't know if that word bully was around. It was just the tough guy in, in the class, in the school, in the schoolyard. There was no supervision. You're not supervision. You know, people, you know, you got out of school, you got to the, you got to the playground, you, you get to the handball courts or the basketball, whatever. And, you know, there wasn't anybody seeing that it was played fairly. There wasn't referees. 
for the game. <laughs> we didn't have uniforms and baseball bats and gloves. and or We didn't have it. Some kids had it. Yeah, there was a little league. I couldn't get in, and we couldn't afford it. Who could afford a baseball glove? <laughs> it's just like people somehow romanticize the 50s and the 60s. The 60s were horrible. Well, I had a great time. Don't get me wrong, because attitude is everything. I got a friend of mine, Kelly Cardenas, who has a, a podcast called uh, Attitude is Altitude or something like that. It's great, you know? I mean, it is. You need to have that attitude. The attitude that we had coming out of World War II, and I talked about it a lot. My dad and his friends, every Wednesday night, in that little shack that we had, where we, you know, the, the government housing that was the barracks that, that they served in until they tore them down in 1953. But that, that, that little shack where his buddies would come over and play pinochle every Wednesday night and hang out, always five or six guys. And, and everybody would help everybody else, building walls in their houses, do whatever they had to do, helping them with the, with the plumbing and the electricity. You didn't just call an electrician, you called your friends. You didn't just call a plumber. <laughs> your friends came over the house. I mean, that's, that's what you did in those days. But what, what, where were they? They, were, they, were, they? they saved the world. They were heroes. They didn't need capes. They wore uniforms. And came back from that war and they saved the world. At that point, by the way, I believe the right number for those who served was 15% of, of those, of the Americans served in World War II. Now, now it's today, by the way, in Vietnam it was less than 5%, and now it's less than one half of 1%. I think the right number is 0.49. Yeah, 0.049. So, and it's going down, and we have a problem. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But I, I want to talk about July 4th some more. I, I look at this country, and I go, this is the greatest country in the world. Yes, it is. Does that mean you're supposed to sit back? I remember when, when I was in school, they were teaching us, and I'm going to be in grade school, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, that they came here thinking the streets were paved with gold. They did all the immigrants from all over the world. Everybody, the Irish and the Italian. Now, the Irish, they came here because they were starving. The potato famine, and they came here with nothing, and um, they were treated. My God, they, they, were, they were hated, hated. And then, but they came here because that's all they had. I, I think the immigrants to the 1890s, they called the Roaring 90s. <laughs> they came here because, you know, they, America found gold. The gold rush was on in the, in the 1800s. It was... So they, they equated it to going to the York. The streets are paved with gold. You know how those things go. Little rumors fly out. It goes to the site. And then, and, and, but they got here and the, the reality was that it was better than where they came from because there was a path to success that was available for them. Not an easy path, but it was there. Where it was, there wasn't that path. It was no place else. They couldn't do it in Europe, Europe. Everybody goes, oh, Europe. What's so good about Europe? Oh, the arts. and the, That's the glitterati. Those are the, you know, I mean, come on. It's not the everyday person. There wasn't a path to success. You couldn't just, it wasn't, it wasn't capitalist. You didn't just, I mean, jack of the beanstalk. <laughs> you know, open up and throw out the beans so the beanstalks grow. Oh, great. I used to say that about Vietnam. I thought that was the most amazing place I've ever been the most beautiful place I've ever seen. I called it Jack of the Beanstalk Land. Because in South Vietnam, not North, South Vietnam, those, the rice paddies, and everybody says the rice paddies sounds like a battlefield. Well, it was. But it was also, that, that's, that was their crop. That was their harvest. They threw out the rice and boom, there it was. It just grew. It's called Jack of the Beanstalk Land. It was, it was great. But it, that's not you, you go out, you, 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 you came here and you moved west. And however, you farmed, you got a little farm, you worked it, you worked it to the bone. You're up at 4 or 5 in the morning. You don't get to sleep until late at night, and then you do it all over again. And it's just hard work. That was the 30s, the 40s, 50s. That's what it was like. Everybody went, oh, it was so great then. Like, it's terrible today? What are you talking about? What are these people talking about how, how bad it is today? Come on, give me a break. 
I I remember there was a realization that I, that I had at some point in life. I don't remember what it was. I I, I just remember when I realized that, and I, maybe I was twelve years old. I realized that the kings and the the, the people that lived in castles and that ruled the world just a few hundred years ago, they didn't have it as good as I did in those projects. I think my dad taught me that. I think, you know, <laughs> when I was old enough and maybe he thought I wasn't, um, I had some a little discontent. My discontent was never about where we lived. I understood it. I, I, made, I made the best of it. Always had a job. I was 11 years old and delivering for the Ropage drugstore downstairs. And then I got a job, BZB Cleaners. I always had a job. I always did fine. It, it wasn't always easy. I mean, I got stories and stories. But whatever. But I think at some point, I remember him pointing that out to me. And it was like a revelation. I had to think about it for a few days. And we talked about it. And I remember him, you know, telling me what it was like. He, we, Robert Patrick and I were riding. My God, it wasn't that long ago. Oh, yeah. We, we were going to Boston. We, we went to Boston uh, last, we left in August, the end of August, and rode August, September, and we're going, riding down, I was just talking to him about the other day, we're riding down the freeway someplace in Illinois, and I'm following him, he gets off the road, and I'm, I look, the first thing I do is, because he didn't signal, like usually he'll signal, you know, to the gas tank, or point to the tank, and, uh, and know we're getting off to get gas. He didn't signal, I looked down, still had a I remember about a half a tank, and we just get off, get off the freeway, and we're riding in the middle of no place, farmland, farmland in, in some place in Illinois. I'm going, where? Where's he going? Where's he going? <laughs> and um, so we we rode through, I mean, just acres of farmland. Then he'd stop, he'd make a left, right? I mean, obviously he was following his GPS, and I said, well, wherever he's going, we're going someplace. You know where we ended up? We ended up in this little town whose name I can't remember, and I should, and um, I'll get it and look it up if you want to, the little town where Ronald Reagan was born. And I'm saying little town, I'm talking three or four blocks. <laughs> and, and, and there it was. And, and I pull in, I look up, I go, okay, I get it. Ronald Reagan's birthplace. And when I say little town, and there is now, if I remember right, it was a, a furniture store, a bank, but when Ronald Reagan was born, it was on top of a grocery store. And that we're looking at what's there now. And I think it was a furniture store now. It wasn't open and thriving or anything like that. But his parents lived above those stores. And that's where he was born. And we went up there. And the, the lady that was the curator, um, and I think there's volunteers who take turns, uh, she was so nice. It, it was great. And he gave us a personal tour and told us the whole story. If you saw where he was, he was born right in there. There's no hospital around. He was born in the back, in the back bedroom. And the outhouse was out in the back. And, I mean, it was, it, the conditions were difficult at least. How's that? I mean, that's, that's how they lived. It was hard. It wasn't easy. And he lived upstairs. He had to walk up the steep pipes of stairs. I mean, not that that's that difficult, but I'm just saying, every little detail was tiny and small. The little, you know, little kitchen. And then there was a bedroom, and I think there was another bedroom, and then there was a little whatever room, and that was it. And then, <laughs> I mean, but that's how people live. That's how it was. And they didn't complain. I... And, and I'm not complaining. What I'm, what I'm complaining about is that people don't appreciate what we have today. People don't appreciate how much better we have it today. And I've lived in, and I've, I've been in the homes of the homes and the apartments and the dwellings, whatever you want to call them, of some poor conditions. I, 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 when Sheep's at Bay, where I live, it was pretty rough. I'm trying to think of some of the houses that I went into with friends of mine. That might have been a little rough, a little worse than mine. It was all the same. We lived on the sixth floor of a of a, of a housing project. Um, it was kind of rough. The walls were paper thin. 
you, you heard the neighbor on the left, you heard the neighbor on the right. If you, you want to talk to the neighbor downstairs, you, you, you bang on the pipe. <laughs> yeah. So we're on the sixth floor. If you want to talk to the people on the, on the fifth floor, if you, you, you know them and you're friendly with them, and we kind of saw the water with most people. Well, you just bang on the pipes, the heating pipes, you know, there's one pipe and went <laughs> all the way to the first floor on the way of the roof. <laughs> and that's where it was. So you, you just go, bing, bing, bing. Yeah, what do you want? You know? <laughs> hey, you make a lot of noise down there. You know, I mean, I mean, what did we do before TV? We had those radios. What did they do before the radios? What did the, what did the kings and the queens and, and all those people do, the dukes and the earls and the emeralds and whatever? What did, you know, I mean, were there some people that had pretty big homes? Yeah, they, they were. You, you had some, quote, unquote, mansions. I mean... I, I've been to some of the some of the houses that you know were lived in by famous people. As a matter of fact, our last trip we went to Graceland <laughs> to see how Elvis Elvis Presley did. Boy, I got to tell you, I just saw that movie. Patricia and I went to see the uh, the new movie Elvis. Now I was always an Elvis Presley fan, and and I guess I never really thought of it as a a, a tragic story. But go see that movie. Boy, that was it. And you see. And he was a rock star. He had the world by the balls. He had everything he wanted. Hot and cold running, everything and anything. He didn't have a, an easy life. I, 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 I'm going to reserve my uh, comments on going with uh, Robert to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and, and all that stuff. I was talking to my friend Nathan about a month or so ago. And um, I didn't realize, maybe I'm naive, I don't know. I didn't realize how heavily um, Elvis was just just dealing with drugs and I it was, it was go see the movie it was, I think it was pretty well done I, I haven't heard many you know reviews about it good bad or indifferent but I came away feeling very badly for this guy he, he died at 42 years old oh my god anyway I'm, I'm just trying to say in America those people who have been successful those Hollywood people forget about that guy Moore. What Michael Moore, is that his name? That big fat Canadian. Alright, he says he's he's got some American citizen citizenship he's now giving up. Oh, these people are millionaires. Katie Perry? I mean I, these people are successful beyond all of our wildest imaginations. Oh, but America is such a hard place? What's wrong with them? You know, somehow somebody comes up with a Supreme Court decision that's all of a sudden, the Supreme Court is a horrible place. I, I said the last time, co-equal branches of government, Congress and the executive, which is, of course, the president, and the judicial. Co-equal. Why would one call the other names? They're co-equal. They've got to face a nation of 330 million people. If anybody should be of the same size. This guy Biden comes into office and says, oh, he's the unity president. Yeah, right. I've never seen this country so divided, and I've never seen such discontent. Especially when, yeah, listen, look back and romanticize all you want. Yeah, I, I lived through all those times. The 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Yeah, sure. I did okay. But was it such great times? You want to know what it was like in the South? Yeah, when there was segregation, real segregation. I mean, hey, I, I, I got stories, baby. Not because I'm black, because my friends were. And I was there. <laughs> I got ran out of the, the bus terminal in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina in 19, what, 50-something, 50 58, I guess, something like that. And, and, and by a lynch mob, they were coming after me. I mean, I've been through it. I've seen what it was like. And by the way, I was, I was a Jew in New York. Hey, you think that was easy? Oh, yeah, no, it's easy when you live in all Jews. What about when there's no other Jews around? You're the only one. Yeah, you think that's easy? What about when you, with a bunch of people... And you're the only Jew, and they don't even know you're Jewish. And, and they and they start using terms like Jew bankroll, but you know, the Jew that guy down, but Jew this and Jew that, because Jew bastard all day long. This Jew and that Jew. Oh, Jews control the country. Jews control everything. You want to hear that every day? <laughs> and 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 you know, me and my big mouth. You know that goes right. So it, it's just hey, you 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 don't like it. You can leave the country. I've got better country. Yeah, go to Israel. You want you want to go there? 
I've been there a dozen times. I love Israel. Don't get me wrong. You talk about fights and arguments. You go on the bus. Now, I don't speak Hebrew. If I spoke Hebrew, I was very tempted. I got my jump wings over there. I trained with the IDF. It was great. But if you don't speak the language, you're in a, and I'm terrible at languages. And, and, and I tried. And they, they argue about everything. Well, you know, we're, we're famous for that. But it, 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 look, it, it took me my lifetime to try to understand America. I'm going to try to get right halfway through it. I'm going to switch to another country. No, I'm not doing that. So I'm saying right here, I love this place. I love America. This is the greatest country in the world, I'm telling you. And for these people to denigrate this country on July 4th, it's just bullshit. It's an insult. Leave the friggin' country. Just go away. You don't like it? Because, oh, you got a bad decision? You want to hear about some bad decisions? I'll tell you some bad decisions. July 4th weekend, it's over, and I said, I met with um, Todd last week, who's doing the editing and, 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 and handling the, um, the podcast. And so we talked about a bunch of stuff. So we, we, we're experimenting with different microphones, headsets, different ways. So I, I hope this is coming out good. I'd hate to have to do the whole thing over. But however it is, I'll, I'll hear from different people. And they'll tell me that, Mike, that was bad. I couldn't hear it. Or, Mike, there was a buzz in the background. Or, Mike, there was a little, or something. Or, as bad as it is, Todd is going to fix it. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. So, just, uh, just so you know, bear with us as, as we, we try for perfection. And I'm also getting to the point where we really are going to get serious. <laughs> I've been saying it for almost two years now. We're going to start having guests on a regular basis. And we are. And the, and, and the reason is, I should have been doing this for a long time, number one. Number two, I, when, when I, I, I want people to understand. You, if you watch, you can watch the news. You can watch Fox and CNN. You can watch this. And, and you can see all the problems. How bad this is and how bad that is. You know, Biden, I mean, Biden, Biden's a moron. Uh, let's not pull punches. Uh, you know, I mean, even his left-wing friends are calling him a moron. I mean, <laughs> they're talking about replacing him. I, I mean, do it. Do it now, please. So, but, no, seriously, do it now. Put a Democrat in. That's okay. I want the best thing for this country. I don't want it to be bad because there's a Democrat in office. I want it to always be good. We all do. This guy's just a moron. But you can hear that. You can hear about the crisis at the border. You can hear about... The, the inflation crisis. You can hear about the the, the, the crisis with with what's going on overseas, our, our foreign policy decisions, everything, Afghanistan, everything. I mean, it's all. You can hear it. You can hear it from me and from everybody else. What, what I want to make people understand is how great America is. Why it's great. Why it's great. You know, because there's a bunch of of laws and rules and regulations. And because there's opportunity. Because there's freedom. Because you need to get in there, put your hands in the walls of freedom and rip it wide open. And you could do that in America. You could grab as much freedom as, as you could hold on to. And you could do it. And you could overcome anything in America. You really, really can. And it's better today than it ever was before. Yes, I know. It doesn't seem that way. You think there's more rules and regulations? There was less rules and regulations, but there was less people. And there were less things to regulate. Understand that. So as a place grows and we get more crowded and more sophisticated with more technology and engineering, you need more regulation. I don't like regulation. I, I despise regulation. But, but there is a degree of regulation that is needed. It's the way it is. So let's get the minimum amount of, of regulation that's needed. Let's find that. That point, you know, the Democrats, they want all the regulation they can get. They want to control your life. They think the government's in control. They, they, they really think the government should control everything. And they'll tell you, oh, no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Well, I, 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 I think it is true. Try to get a permit for something in California or New York or any blue state. Do the same thing in a red state. And it's different. And it's better. And that's proven and that's the way it is. You don't like it because, oh, where there's rules, there's regulations, there's law and order. Oh, really? Law and order in a blue state? 
I don't see it. I just don't see it. I'm sorry, my Democrat friends, but that's not, that's not the way it is. And you see that now, and you know it. And if you don't want to recognize it, you know what? Let, let me ask you. If, if you're a Democrat out there and you're listening to me right now, breathe. Take a breath. Take a, take a nice deep breath. That smells. Does it smell good? You smell that clean air? Yeah. Now that you got your head out of your ass, okay, take a look around and accept the fact that the, the blue states are in horrible shape. Things, it's just the way it is. You, you, when you talk about defending the, defunding the police, and, and you're, you're also talking about uh, we're handcuffing the police. We're not letting them do their job. And then when you see something horrible, like, like what happened in Highland Park, by the way, Highland Park is a pretty Jewish community. And this slime ball who went and, and, and shot up the July 4th parade and killed those people said seven, seven people now died. You know, we, we don't know what his motive is. He didn't, he didn't go to a black community, did he? He didn't go to Buffalo and look for black people, did he? No. He went to Highland Park, a pretty well-to-do neighborhood, very Jewish neighborhood. So now, is Biden going to come out? and say this is an anti-Jewish country? Well, why not? I mean, he said that when, when that slime ball, the other slime ball, went to Buffalo. The, the gun didn't shoot those people by itself, okay? It, it took a, 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 an evil creep to do that. But, of course, the left wing wants the government in control. The government can't be in complete and absolute control while we have guns. It just can't. It's the way it is. There are so many guns. We have a Second Amendment. This country was founded on the Second Amendment. Get it straight. That is so important. You, the individual person, the, the individual American, can own guns. Why? Because this country was founded. We took, we took this country, we took it back from the British. We beat the British with a militia. What's a militia? A militia is you and me. A militia is all these people just living in America, okay? And and just the average farmer and the average, you know, store owner, the average of whatever that had a gun and joined the militia and took on the British because the British were coming in their houses, were, quote-unquote, bullying them, right? So th this is what was going on at that time. And the Americans stood up and took on the British Empire, the whole frickin' British Empire with a ragtag bunch of revolutionary militia. And that's what we were, and that's what we are. That's who America is. Accept it. Yeah, now we have, again, <laughs> we have washing machines and dryers and dishwashers, and we have all these conveniences. We have TVs. We have TVs in every home. Okay, I'm, I'm, there are homes out there without a TV, I'm sure, someplace. I, I haven't been to too many than I know. Now, I had a friend that came back from Vietnam and lived, went to Connecticut, 101st Airborne. He wrote a book called The 13th Valley, okay? And he had no TV, he had no, tele, he had no, he had no, no telephone. He isolated himself, and that's how he wrote his book. And that's how he, he came back from, from what he went through in the war. That was his way of handling the, what they call today PTSD. I didn't know about PTSD. When I came back, I, didn't, I don't know what they called it when my dad came back from war. Was it there? Of course it was. Whatever it was, it was. They just didn't have a name for it. They didn't have a, one like an official thing. Because everybody had it. Everybody gone through it in different ways. And then they said, okay, we gotta, we got to build a life. we got to get back, back here. Now, there was how many soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines came back from that war and went through all this? But nothing, nothing. You want to romanticize those days? Well, you can romanticize all you want. But there was no tunnel to towers. There was no wounded warrior, wounded warrior association. There was no, there was no nothing. You didn't have people like my friend Jay Redman and all the others that are out there doing all these great things to their fellow veterans. Well, people were helping. My dad joined, you know, the VFW. I remember those days. There were other organizations. Most of the guys helping themselves. That's all that was. I don't know what the VA, whatever the Veterans Administration, I don't know what it looked like back then, but it certainly wasn't what it is today. 
and we can complain about it all we want, and we do, because you're going to go, hey, if it isn't what you want, complain about it, make it what you want. Okay, I get it. But just remember how much better it is than what it was. Appreciate this country. Love this country. Because this country can only love you if you love it back. And if you don't, that's just the way life is. It's a, it's a mindset. It is. It really is. And if you're going to hate the country because, oh, we don't have a right to choose. Choose what? Choose an abortion. Because I have the right to choose a, a lot of things. I can go out in the morning, jump in my car, and drive here, go there. I can do a lot of things. I can start a business. I'm trying to. God knows. God knows I'm trying to. I'm, I'm working every angle I can to do something because I love I love being in business in America. I, I, lo- I love that. I love I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't get old for me. I'm not I'm not going fishing. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> not without, but by the way, my my friend Alex says, "Hey, why don't you come fishing with me?" You know what? I I look at the big boat. And I get blah. But if you got a nice lake, now I I I've fished freshwater fish on beautiful lakes. No, I've gone on boat. I. I Trust me, I lived on Sheep's Bay. I, I know. But um, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But being in business, contributing to the GDP, the gross national product, and whatever, gross domestic product, gross national, contributing, doing my part, being part of the community, that, that makes me feel good. I, I love being a part of that. And, and I love being in business. It, it's, it's something that I, I've, I always have, and I always wanted to do that, and I did it. And I liked it. And it was hard, by the way. Was it easy? No. It wasn't easy. Was it supposed to be? Did I miss something? But I loved it. Every minute of it. And it's so because they passed a law you don't like. I remember when they passed the helmet law in California. I moved here in 87 and 88. Both of them. 87, we kind of like came here and put our toes in the water. And then, and then 88, we're, we're here, man. And I, I could have gone to Tucson, Arizona, had a great deal in Tucson. And, and there were two states that had no helmet laws and had some good opportunities. And I chose California. And then four years later, they created a helmet law. I've always loved riding motorcycles. And I've always, look, when you, when you need a helmet, you need that. You can't ride from New York to Daytona at the end of February and not have a helmet. I mean, you can cold and the, and the weather and the rain and then the snow and the bath. So you, you put on a helmet. And I had that helmet, the, you know, the plastic little face thing back in those days. But I don't know where the, the, what the laws were. The East Coast had a lot of helmet laws. But I, I didn't like it, so I came to California. And, wow, you know, I could ride, ride free, baby. Had that wind in my hair. I had hair there. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, this is great. And then, boom. And, and you know what? I didn't break things. Now, there were people that were, I, I was pissed, don't get me wrong. I was really pissed. But there were people that were like, they couldn't believe it. Now, I was going around, and I saw the writing on the wall. I, I knew that Governor Duke Magian had vetoed two helmet law bills that came on his desk. Anyway, I, I, I knew about that. One of the first things I did when I came to California is join the Beta California. And... So I became very aware, and I'm going around, and I'm warning people. They're going to pass it. They're going to pass it. No, don't worry about it. It ain't going to happen here in California. Okay, boom. Well, there it did. And it's a big deal. It was a big deal then. It was a big deal now. I don't like it. Now, by the way, so you that don't know, only 19 states have helmet laws for adults in America. Only 19. 31 don't. By the way, the last one, Missouri, got rid of their helmet law about a year ago. Okay? So, yes. We're still out there. We're still fighting for our freedom. We're still fighting for our rights. We're fighting for our choice. It should be my choice. My body, my choice. My head, my choice. Absolutely. So and I'm not going to get into the whole thing. Right? Anytime you want to have a, a whole <laughs> podcast about helmets and do they really save lives and what they really do and don't do, we can do it. i got people very close to me. We were just talking about the other night who said, yeah, well, you got a head injury. We all have to pay for it. Well, not so much. No, you're wrong. But, again, I'm, I went through that a big part of my life. And it, it, it's just the way it is. Now, I always said then, these people that called abortion a choice, yeah, they're pro-choice from the waist down. But what about my choice? 
Well, I didn't burn down buildings. I didn't say I'm leaving America. I didn't even say I'm leaving California. It's like, okay. But I made a stand. I went. I became the state director of California for about 10 years, from 96 to 06. And, 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 and I worked hard. And I worked diligently. I did what I could. Because in America, you could do it. Now, we have not been successful in California, but on the road to try to get rid of the helmet law, we got a lot of other things done, a lot of really good things. So you just you suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> That's what you do. And you do the best you can, and you say, okay, it's, it's a great country because you always have the right to fight for what you believe in. And but those people that are tired of fighting, they want to fight anymore. Oh, my God. They want, oh, we got to start all over. We got to do this mission. This country was born fighting. Remember that. We were born fighting. 1776 didn't happen overnight. Remember, you know, the, the, the Boston Massacre in 1775. That Revolutionary War started way before they rang that Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, of all places. <laughs> Just not my favorite. But, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's we were born fighting. How many countries of this world? Most countries were, were started by invaders who invaded the country and came in. Now, of course, the American Indians and Native Americans will say, you know, we invaded the country. And we did, and they're right. But that was the British. <laughs> that was the British. That's what it was, you know. It was the British. It was, you know, the, the, those who came on the Mayflower, the Pilgrims. And, 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 you know, all the rest, right, up until we just said, it's bullshit, man. Where those people all the way over there, thousands of miles across the sea? They're going to tell us we got to pay tax to them? No, no, we're not doing that. No taxation without representation. We're going to get this down pat. We're going to do it. We're going to do it right. And we did. And we took them on. And we beat them. And you know, you know who ran the whole thing? George Washington. General George Washington who then became President George Washington, the father of our country, first in war, first in peace, and first in the heart of his countrymen. And so, you know, we celebrate July 4th. We celebrate the founding of the greatest country in the world, where each and every citizen, you know, it wasn't that way. And when, when this country was founded, blacks were only three-fifths of a person. They're a whole person today. They're a big whole person. Yeah, they've made their presence known, and that's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing everybody has. It's a place for everyone in this country, Muslims, Jews, Christians, Protestants, Catholics, Greek Orthodox, whatever, Buddhists. love my Buddhist friends. You know, I mean, come on. There's a place for everybody. How bad can this country be that you're going to complain about it because the Supreme Court decided something that didn't go your way? How many times is the did it come with you know, things that didn't go my way? You know, I didn't understand that, that Roe v. Wade when it happened because I grew up, you know, back when, you know, the high school girls were having abortions illegally. And it wasn't a good thing, but there was a lot of them. And they were still going on. So I said, oh, okay, it's legal now. It's going to be good. But, you know, I didn't think it was going to be willy-nilly all over the place promoting abortion. Like, oh, it's the greatest thing in the world. It's a rite of passage. Well, you haven't had abortion yet? Uh, I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just not the way. So they abuse that privilege. They, they really, really, really abuse it. And so I, I didn't understand the way it happened. And then all of a sudden, you hear these stories. How many abortions? A million every year? What, are you kidding me? And then you, you know, parental, parental notice and all these other things that, you know, the, the, the pro-life people are trying to get through, and, and they can't, and they're, they're fighting every, every bit. And, and then I, you know, I, I did the March of Life uh, every January 22nd. That's when, that's when Roe v. Wade was, was signed into law. Was it the law? Yeah, whatever. I guess that's the Supreme Court ruling. And, and, so, and so I went there, Washington, D.C., and, and I got to the hotel the night before and with all these amazing, wonderful, true believers. Oh, my God. God, and, 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 and you know, it's like, did they burn down buildings? Did they threaten to leave America when Roe v. Wade came in? Come on, have some dignity about yourselves. Okay, you don't like it? You got a bad turn? 
So do something. I get that. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm, I'm a believer in, in most of the pro-life ideology. I, I don't want abortion ever to be the right thing. And by the way, Bill Clinton, he's the one that his president. He said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Rare. And, and there are things we can agree on. But when you guys want it 100% one way, and I know there's a lot of people on my side that want it 100% the other way, there's a place we can meet, we can talk, we can fight about it. And okay, maybe it'll take another year or five years, whatever it takes. It took us 49 years. Come on. Now you want to leave the country? All you billionaires and whatever, zillionaires, Katy Perry singing people, Kardashians. I mean, give me a break. So argue and fight amongst yourselves, children, and let's get it right. And, and, and let's understand you have the right to do that in America. Celebrate that. That's what the 4th of July is about. It's about celebrating your freedom to fight for what you want, your right to redress the government, the freedom of speech. You could say and do what you want. You can protest. You can organize. You could do these things you cannot do every place in this world. And, you, and celebrate it. But don't, don't break the law. Don't burn things down. Don't disrupt and, and, and denigrate a system that's been working for 246 years, a lot better now than it used to be, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better now. And I, I have the Internet. That's, that's a pain in the ass, I know. There's all kinds of opinions on the Internet. It's, it's something else, man. I get it. But, you know, we'll figure it out. It's all new. What, 15 years or something like that? Not even. So, you know what? It's, it's a new, it's a novelty. We're going to play with it. We'll get it down pat. And then, and then it'll get better. It'll get better. Everything's going to get better. The trees are going to grow. The grass is going to get greener. I'm telling you, the ocean is, it's going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get the plastic out of the ocean. We're going, we got, we got so many great, wonderful groups who are dedicated to figuring this out. You just don't mess up my life or my world while you're doing it. Like the, like, like, the, like the, you know, the, the sky is falling chicken little with this global climate change thing. Come on, forget about it. All right, maybe next time we'll forget about it. <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. Listen, love America. It'll love you back, I promise you. It, it is, I'm going to say it a million times. I'll never get tired of saying it. The greatest country in God's green earth, the whole planet. Never been a better country. Maybe one day there will be. Maybe Katy Perry out there with Bent Midler and found a, someplace and saw the country and whatever they do. And, yeah, it's great. Good luck to them. I'm New York Mike. <laughs> this is Roll Right Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Thanks for subscribing. And I'm out. Thanks for listening to the Roll Right Radio podcast. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.